Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, folks. Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant, feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say that's too good to be true. No, it's not because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. And always great to be with you, uh, especially since I just returned from a, a little uh, weekend uh, hiatus in New Orleans. I've been there in a couple of years, and uh, I do believe this to be true, Mike Luby Lubitz. How are you, by the way? Good to uh, talk to you again, my friend. Uh, how'd it go uh, with uh, all of the things that we were doing on South Florida Live and uh, Believe in my absence. I, I guess it was only one day that you had to cover, yes. right? I don't know. We, I did not do Believe yesterday, so uh, we we missed you and everyone who uh, listens and follows us here on After Hours. Uh, I'm sure it's happy to have you back. Uh, we are back, and I am doing well, sir. How was your trip? How was Nolens? Great. Uh, you know what? I hadn't been there, like I said, a couple of years uh, since the advent of uh, COVID, obviously, yeah. and uh, might not have been uh, the best place to be since uh, <laughs> at times as uh, festive and great, great and brilliant and creative and uh, alive and vibrant as New Orleans can be. At times you can think, what am I doing in this cesspool? Because uh, it, it does, I mean, uh, there, there's kind of, you know, like like some rank smells mixed in with uh, all of the uh, aroma of uh, beignets and uh, etouffles and uh, grilled oysters and garlic and all, all of the good things that uh, you normally associate with uh, the food scene in New Orleans. Uh, there's also, I mean, uh, the fact that, and I know you took a picture of this because I often reference it, uh, the vomit-smoked ATM machine that's right there on the corner of Canal and Bourbon Street. And you can count on it every time uh, that you, you end up going there. Uh, you turn that corner on Canal as you're walking up Bourbon Street, and you're thinking, oh, I'm here. I'm only a block away from the Acme Oyster House and Felix's and all of the great food there, the Oceana Grill. And uh, right around the corner, all of this stuff is going to be available to me, Mr. B's and uh, all the places people recommend. And uh, then you get smacked in the face with reality that, uh, you know, if you needed some cash, uh, you would have to navigate your way through a substantial more, more vomit than you would see if you were watching uh, two episodes of Deadliest Catch, where the greenhorns, uh, you know, get on the boat there and uh, they realize, uh, you know what, this uh, Bering Sea is uh, no picnic. Uh, that's for sure when it comes to the uh, rogue waves. All right. Uh, good to be back. And, and the good thing is, and I saw this all over the place, uh, Louie. And I'm, I'm sure you're unhappy about it because uh, this is your type of sports talk. 
You love topical, uh, can triumph debate sports talk more than anybody. You uh, would be a, a Skip Bayless fan, uh, you know, for uh, the rest of your life because uh, you like a guy that would uh, just flat out sell out any credibility that he had and say that uh, LeBron James, as we were talking about on our show this morning, is probably, in Skip Bayless's opinion, uh, only the third or fourth ranked James <laughs> in the history of the NBA. Behind Tim James, the former University of Miami, uh, number one uh, <laughs> first-round pick of the Miami Heat, who uh, played, what, about two seasons uh, in the NBA, Tim James? Yes. Uh, Mike James, of course, uh, carried uh, LeBron James and Skip Bayless. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, uh, stating the ridiculous, uh, and, and here's where it really gets uh, to be uh, bizarre, is when you have 24-hour-a-day conversations on various networks, ESPN 1, 2, and 3, and uh, all the other sports entities and all they're talking about is trying to figure out and be mind readers for a guy whose mind clearly is operating from the planet Lovetron, if not uh, even further around in parts unknown. And that is Kyrie Irving. Who knows what this guy is thinking, except that, that we realize uh, after his decision yesterday, which uh, now should shut down some of this talk uh, they had, uh, it went as far as uh, Kevin Durant being traded to the Miami heat. With, uh, like, details on, on uh, what would be involved in the trade. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero and this guy and that guy and a conditional first-round pick in 2027. And they had all of the parameters of a deal mapped out that uh, ultimately never got off the ground because Kyrie Irving was able to do the simple math that six goes into 36 six times, Luby. <laughs> and there's no way you're paying, playing, uh, you know, basketball. If you're going to play one season of basketball, it may as well be for 36 million with the Nets, yep. as opposed to six million uh, to be reunited with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Only a fool would turn down the 36 million in favor of the six. Yes, sir. I mean, talk to Phil Mickelson about this, right? Uh, do you think he was going to do that? Nah. Live tour guys, right? Dustin uh, Johnson and Brooks Kepka, your man from Florida State. The wall decided that, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with this. Let me take the $36 million is a good chunk of change for uh, playing uh, one season of basketball or whatever portion of it Kyrie ends up playing. What will be the thing next year that precludes him? And we're certainly not uh, wishing injury on anybody, but how is he going to miss in some bizarre fashion about half of the Nets games next year? Because he's Kyrie, because that's the thing is, it's like it doesn't have to be a, a legitimate reason. Look, no vaccine was a reason for him, and that's fine. Plenty of people had that. I, I don't know if that's a reason to tank your team season, but it's a personal opinion. You have the right to not get vaccinated, you know, and companies have the right to have mandates. It is what it is. That's the world, the country we live in. It's a free country, but there's still consequences to your actions. But he was doing it before then. He's only played a, a small percentage of his games with the Nets. COVID was one to two years, you know, before then he still was doing this. He did this with the, the Celtics. Like this has become his MO. Yeah. And it wasn't just, like you said, it wasn't just COVID related. It's every year there's something with Kyrie that Always something. he gets in the way of himself. And that's my thing is like they were showing the Nets starting five and it's like, wow, on paper, Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant and Seth Curry's become one of the best three point shooters. And he's gotten better at other parts of the game. And you have Kyrie Irving. Ooh, what a scare. And Joe Harris is a good player. Wow. What a scary lineup. Well, Harris has always hurt. KD's getting older and has had leg injuries and back injuries. Kyrie's always injured and is a head K. Ben Simmons, who knows what the hell's going on with him. He hasn't played in like a year and a half, two years. So that's what I'm saying. It's like everyone lives on this on-paper world, and that's why the Heat were a shot away from the NBA Finals because the games aren't played on paper. 
Steve Nash uh, seems to be going through an apprenticeship also. Yeah, uh, and then as a coach. coach. At a very high level. I mean, uh, seems uh, to uh, not be nearly as effective uh, as he was as a player, where you would think that uh, with his style of play, he would naturally have instincts as a head coach, and maybe he does, but he's kind of thrust into a situation here that uh, had a high degree of difficulty with large expectations. And so far, uh, you know, I mean, they, they came close to, to having, uh, you know, a desirable result, I guess, last year when Kevin Durant uh, nearly uh, powered the. That's uh, on a, on his own back past the Celtics, but uh, didn't happen this year. And the Celtics found a way to contain Kevin Durant a little bit. Uh, they got swept, embarrassed out of there. Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, then uh, became uh, in, in a position where he, he had the option. Uh, it, well, uh, the Nets also, if they wanted to really keep this guy around long term, could have just negotiated the uh, how much negotiation does it take to offer the guy a max contract yeah, exactly. for the next several years, like zero. Because that's all they could do. So uh, they didn't want to extend them that because uh, he is a nutbag. And they have no idea what they're going to get from this guy. So, uh, But all of that speculation went out the window. And, and that's a good thing. And, and we'll see what happens. And uh, I, I don't know. Is this going to discourage people from big threes? Because uh, if Simmons wasn't out and it's not did not play coach's decision, it, it's did not play sulking. Exactly. <laughs> you coach little year. kids. I mean, do you have any sulkers on your team where if they're not playing, not only are they, you know, with a face uh, sitting there on the bench, uh, you know, looking at you like, uh, you know, you're a disgrace as a coach, but the parents are also yelling and screaming. No, I see. I have great parents and I, it's funny. We had this issue last night. Um, we we actually were three and zero now. Uh, we won the second game sixteen to four yesterday. We played a really another good team, and early on it was it was a tough game, and we ended up winning eight to six. My parents are great. My parents are great with my kids. They're great with the opposing kids. The other team's parents were utterly psychotic. I've never seen parents utterly yell at children. Eight six loss. Yes, they're going crazy. Well, because they have a good team and they probably aren't expecting their team to be in a dogfight. I was. There were three baskets made. Exactly. Well, my thing is. Well, that's my thing. Like they, I I guess, I guess they're used to beating. Like, look, we won both games, ten to four and sixteen to four. But I knew at some point we'd play better teams. I guess they didn't expect that. I don't know. I I got my parents ready for this to be fun and don't get to it. Just enjoy that it's kids playing basketball. I don't think the other parents expected that. They were acting like it was NBA Finals. And they're, like, yelling about me getting a timeout. They're yelling at my kids. They're ye- I'm like, I've never seen that from parents. And that's confusing to me. Like, I, I've, and my kids, I've never seen kids sulk. I've ne- but the parents were sulking. And I was like, that's so yeah. weird. Like, who does that? Like. I don't understand Seems like, that. Uh, you know, and this is something I picked up from uh, watching, uh, like, uh, women's college sports. Uh, that, uh, you know, the uh, youth of today is not nearly as psychotic about winning and losing. Yep. And uh, just uh, seems to actually get into the idea of enjoying playing more. Yes. Than playing for the result. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously out there trying to win, but, you know, not necessarily so obsessive about it. That, you know, you have to uh, automatically be mandated to be depressed for the next three weeks after you lose a <laughs> Yeah, because that's the thing. Which is I t- never understood. I I was always, I'm always been one to get really affected by wins and losses. I give these kids credit. Like, look, we're a good team, so they've gotten into the wins and they're liking it and they pay attention. But I, Who says that you have to be they, depressed? Exactly. I mean, they I, don't I, get you, like that. These kids do not take it seriously. You can take, take it, it seriously without being depressed about it. I mean, in terms of your dedication to trying to win. Yep. But if you lose, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to go out and kill yourself? Yep. Is that what makes a great athlete, somebody that has that approach? Uh, Serena used to uh, say this all the time, that uh, she uh, hated losing more than she enjoyed winning. Yep. 
That, look, and I've always Which, been uh, that way. Odd negative motivating point, but uh, nonetheless, I guess it worked well for her since she won like uh, 23 slams. Honestly. Incredible. Although she's not winning this one, Luby. And there's the other big story of the day. Uh, Serena Williams, uh, and uh, that'll happen uh, noon Eastern and uh, 6 o'clock in England at the, uh, what is it, the Old England Club there? Yes, Old all what, what do you call this thing? All England Club? I old. Think so. It is old, old. and it's all that they're all about. I don't think it's the old England club, because it hasn't been old always. (laughs) Hey, you old uh, (laughs) geezers out there, still watching tennis and wearing white. Anyway, um, Wimbledon underway, and Serena's going to be center court, 6 o'clock London time, uh, against a uh, woman that we never heard of. Uh, How is this possible? Who who is uh, making the drop at, at Wimbledon? Don King? How does she get a patsy in the first round of the tournament? <laughs> How is that possible? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What was the uh, young woman's name? Uh, Tan is Harmony her, Tan. Uh, part of it. Harmony. Harmony Tan. Tan. Yes, sir. I will never forget that name. And, and Harmony exactly. Tan. We we. I want to. I want to say that I have seen her at some point play a, at least a couple of shots. Harmony Tan. I would not be inclined to be uh, compelled to to you know, uh, rivet myself to the TV with Harmony Tan playing anybody. But with Serena today, I I would imagine we're going to see a heck of a lot of this, even if you're not around, uh, you know, when it goes off at noon today. But, uh, I mean, I would have bet every dime in my pocket that Serena would lose in the first round based on the shape that she was in when I saw her at Eastbourne a week ago. Exactly. She played in doubles uh, with a uh, young lady named uh, Anz Jabor who uh, has been playing very well and not, uh, you know, top, top echelon uh, well, but I think either made a final or won a championship, one of the prelims uh, leading up to the uh, Wimbledon and or the French. Uh, So she's been good on the clay and on the grass so far during the uh, season that's uh, underway right now in tennis. And, uh, you know, it it was good enough that uh, you thought she could carry Serena, even if Serena was a bloated uh, George Foreman-esque in his comeback (laughs) tour on USA Network. Out of shape. Uh, it was like when Shaq was in his final years there in the NBA. Uh, just a bloated, out of shape, uh, you know, fat guy running up and down the court, you know, who, who at one time was a dominant player. And, and that's what Serena looked like. But uh, as we said, I mean, I, I wouldn't go Butterbean Ash, but certainly James Lights Out Tony <laughs> for a description if you were going to put favorite. Serena as a boxer. People were like, don't body shame her. I'm like, I mean, we just do it with athletes. We make fun of athletes that put on weight. So it's just we're being we're we're fans of equality here. So we're gonna make fun of the guys. Well, and, and <laughs> you look at the speed of the game and the way these uh, women are hitting the ball now. And uh, you know, there, there are a lot of them that uh, have uh, power. Maybe not commensurate with what Serena had at the height of her game, but probably uh, at least are equal now, and they're in better shape. So who's gonna win the match? Yeah, you would think almost anybody. But how, how did she end up lining up against a stiff rank 400th in the world and on a wild card in Wimbledon? Uh, Shouldn't she be going against like the number one seed? Well, that's the thing is, I guess there's a lot of people playing because she's playing someone ranked 130th. And it's not like 130th is high, but it's it's much higher than her at four or whatever, 400 or whatever. But still, you yeah. would think she would be facing someone in the top 30. Like how many people play Wimbledon? I knew is there 60 people. Like I didn't get I never I didn't realize there was that many people playing. I don't want to you know, get into the body shaming, and I don't mean to be overwhelmingly disparaging about the fact that Serena looked like she was out of shape, but when they uh, had her listed at uh, 421, I wasn't sure if that was her ranking or her weight. <laughs> anyway, they, they found somebody that she could beat. So uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, second round, a little bit tougher. Uh, the odds of her winning the tournament are uh, 17 to 1. Uh, you're getting, if you take Serena to win the tournament, I, I, I don't see that there for one split second. Do you? Serena uh, Williams winning the tournament. I, I, nah, I, I would doubt she would have gotten out of the first round with a more uh, formidable matchup, uh, which probably was well-deserved. Uh, she's going to play center court. She'll have all the fans behind her. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, I don't know if she isn't on oxygen by the middle of the second set. <laughs> and or stretcher. <laughs> <And> oxygen. <laughs> she looks like, I, I don't know, you, you wouldn't remember this ball player named Gates Brown, but uh, she looks like Gates Brown, a former Detroit Tiger. Who, uh, you know, it was, I, I don't know, not exactly uh, your prototypical baseball player of today in terms of physicality. Uh, all right. Um, well, we wish her well anyway. I mean, coming back, it's always interesting. A great champion coming back after a year layoff here and seemed to be in a little bit of decline from a form standpoint. Uh, tennis, uh, just talk, talking strictly tennis, whether she was in shape or not, uh, she, uh, you know, wasn't winning big matches. She got to uh, a final there and lost to uh, Osaka, remember? And then started a little bit of a decline after that. Yep. And you thought she was finished and never going to come back. But here she is. Center stage today will be the big story at Wimbledon. And, uh, of course, we'll have more to say about that tomorrow when, in all likelihood, it'll be past the Great Poupon because we'll be eating crow. She'll look great and uh, look like she's going to sail her way into the uh, semifinals or finals and go deep into Wimbledon. On a return, which we uh, hailed as what? As uh, distinctive as Tiger Woods leading the Masters after one round? Oh, he wasn't leading the Masters, but he was uh, among the leaders in the Masters. At least he, he didn't shoot himself right out of it when he came back. And people thought he could actually win the thing. Now, a lot of money went up in smoke betting Tiger Woods, and I'd imagine that'll be the case, uh, especially with Serena today. It has to be heavily favored. Uh, you think the Tennis Association or whoever is the governing body just owed FanDuel a favor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> found a complete unknown that could beat Serena Williams today. And uh, so when all this money goes in, sucker money on Serena, FanDuel walks away with a tidy profit. No? <laughs> Serena wins. They're probably buried just with token bets alone, right? Uh, you know, you're betting just so you can cash a winning ticket, even though it's uh, got to be prohibitive. All right. Uh, we're going to make our exit here. It's been a lot of fun. If uh, you're following us, you, you know that we're all in on this uh, Serena loses today, yes, uh, first yes, round of Wimbledon. Yes. So uh, if we look like fools tomorrow, we'll still join we'll you. On it. Because <laughs> as far-fetched as our premise may be, for Mike Luby Lewis, this is Jeff DeForest saying, you got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Highly apart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.